Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. take a brief moment to introduce uh, to you Pastor Sandy. Some of you will know he joined us at the beginning of the year. Some of you don't know. So Pastor Sandy grew up here at the church and he is now here on staff with us. And so he's actually bringing the word to you this morning. So why don't you give him a nice round of applause? Thank you guys. Thank you so much. And thanks Pastor Chad and Melissa. Um, It's been so far in my first month being at the church working here. It's been quite the experience. I have been like, I'm like, man, I can't even explain it. It's the best job in the world. And every day I go home and I tell my mom all about what I'm doing. And it's like, I love my job. This is so cool. Um, And so I was asked to preach this Sunday and I'm like, Jersey Sunday, I can preach. Yes. I love preaching in a Jersey. And this is actually not the first time I've done it, believe it or not. I mean, you can probably believe it because I'm a 20 year old pastor that I have preached in a Jersey before, but Super excited for Jersey Sunday. It's good to see the Leafs jerseys and I guess the other ones as well. Um, But our word of the year uh, for Bethel Church is step. And so we're continuing kind of in going through scripture and finding these different stories where we can learn about what does it mean to take a step in our faith. And so we're, we're kind of continuing this series as I share the story of Moses and the burning bush. I personally, I just call it Moses in the bushfire because bushfire to me, just like, it sounds cool, you know? Um, but we're going to talk about how Moses took steps towards the bush. And each time he did, it's interesting in the scripture, how God instructs him. And so real quick, we're just going to pray. And uh, yeah, let's do that. Dear God, I thank you so much for this Sunday. God, I thank you that you're already doing a new thing this week. God, even just as we were worshiping, the atmosphere feels different in a really good way. And God, I truly believe that there is some, some powerful supernatural moves happening in the hearts of these people. And so God, as I pray, or as I preach, God, I just pray that you would just uh, give me the boldness to do it well, and that it would just fall on fresh ears. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So real quick, we're going to turn to scripture. I'm going to be reading from Exodus 3. So if you have your Bibles. You can pull those out while I start a stopwatch. Um, So Exodus 3 verses 1, it says, uh, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that through the bush was Sorry, Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face. 
So a lot of us have probably heard this story before. If you're like me, the first time you were kind of, you kind of heard of it was probably from VeggieTales. But I'm talking like the good VeggieTales. Now they gave like each character colors in their eyes and it's frightening. Do you, yeah. It gives me the chills just thinking about it. It was the golden days back when uh, the version that I saw at least. Um, but it's very easy to just brush over this story, pun intended, brush over like the bush. Yeah. Um, very easy to just go right over it and jump to the prophe- prophecy that was given to Moses. And we're going to get there. But for the next four hours, we'll walk through this passage, paying close attention to the event itself instead of jumping to the prophecy. So I, as, as I read through it, there's a lot to unpack. And for a little perspective, a little story of Moses, despite Pharaoh's decree, this was way before this scripture, despite Pharaoh's decree that every newborn would be thrown into the Nile, Moses was protected by being put in a reed basket. So Moses spent the first 80 years of his life in Pharaoh's house herding sheep. And in this Egyptian culture, nobody who truly identifies as an Egyptian would voluntarily take on the role of a shepherd. Like, it was just like, it was kind of one of those things, it's like cleaning a toilet, like nobody really wants to do it, so let's just like, but Moses did it for 80 years of his life growing up. So now this verse, the one I'm, I read earlier, is, is no lo- he's no longer in Egypt with Pharaoh, but it can be assumed that if Moses was to go back to Egypt, that he would return as an Israelite, not an Egyptian. So, again, pay very close attention to this verse, especially whenever we see movement or sight. Wherever it says, Moses saw, Moses went, Moses stopped, God said. These are important parts of the scripture before we're even in the prophecy. So right off the bat, the introductory of the passage explains that Moses was in the far end of the wilderness. Now, don't focus too much on how he got there. I'm pretty sure in the VeggieTales version, one of the sheep like was getting away, and so he had to go and get it, and he was in the far end of the wilderness. But it's not so much on how he got there, but on the fact that he is there. And he's drawn to this place called the Mountain of God. So my question is, have you ever found yourself in a situation, and you have no idea how you ended up there. I'm sure like there's like situations in your head you're like, oh yeah, remember that one time when I went to Costco and they had these free samples and I ended up buying everything off the shelf in that whole section? Yeah, how did that happen? I don't know, it was the samples. A little bit of a story. Uh, In my second year Bible college, I was one of the worship coordinators. And before each service, we would do this thing called an all-up meeting, which is basically anyone who's a part of the service, we do like this meeting and we talk over it. And we actually do it for youth now. And it's just a way of like kind of communicating and like walking through the night. And so we we were going through it. And uh, they asked like, they asked me if I could pray at the end of the worship set. So I said, sure. And then jokingly, I said, yeah, sure. I'll just uh, shed a few tears while I'm at it, you know, just, and everyone laughed. So then I go to, I go on stage, the service has started. I get through the first song, I'm doing fine. Get through the second song, things are good. Third song, uh, voice is a little, a little shaky, but it's all right. We're doing well. Fourth song went really well. Then it comes time to pray. And I don't know what it was. Like there, it was just like the, the spirit of the Lord just like, 
boom, like right onto me. And I just broke down crying as I'm praying. And it looked really bad because I made the joke like, oh yeah, I'll just cry when I pray. And so I'm like, how did this happen? And I had to explain that it wasn't on purpose, but it was just like the spirit just like came down on me as I joked about it. Or even as I wrote this sermon, something really cool happened. So I was trying to think of an example, and I ended up going with the one of the chapel service. And I'm sitting in the best coffee shop in Stratford, Birch and Wynn. He doesn't like that one. I'm sorry. I just had to rub it in a little bit. He's also a Sens fan, so... <laughs> Who, yeah, anyways. <laughs> um, so I was at the cafe... And I'm doing a little bit of, I'm doing my sermon prep and I'm like, okay, I have to think of a situation that I'm like, how did I end up here? And I'm like, man, I just got nothing. And then this guy walks up to me wearing this like bright orange, like I'm talking like Marty McFly kind of sweater, just it wasn't a vest. Some of you are like, who is Marty McFly? And some of you are like, you know Marty McFly? Yes, it's a great movie. Um, But this guy comes up to me and he's like, he's just like, he saw that I was working away. He walks up, he's like, hey, were you here last week talking with one of your friends about Leviticus 10? And I said, yeah, actually I was. And so I kind of, he asked like what it was about. I kind of explained it. And in that moment, like I'm, he's like kind of responding to what I was explaining. And I'm just thinking like, how did this happen? I was just doing my work. And then he walks away and it hit me. I was like, man, God, I can't think of a situation that I'm like, how did I end up here? So he's like, here you go. (laughs) Random guy just walks up to you while you're trying to think of a situation. So if you ever wonder if God works in the practical He does. He will send a guy into your life looking like Marty McFly to ask you a question when you need an example of a story. It's really cool. So God will put you into places with a plan to show you new things, and he will take you to a coffee shop to do some work. He knows the decisions that you make, and he reveals himself in so many different ways. And this is what's happening with Moses. As I said before, Moses is in the far end of the wilderness, and he's probably thinking, like, how, why am I over here? What is going... It's, if it's the far end of the wilderness, we can assume that he's not normally there. But an angel appears in a specific bush that Moses found himself near. And it says that Moses saw, so he said, I will go, to see that strange sight. Moses wanted to investigate what was happening with the bush, and it was his curiosity that brought him to where God needed him. It's all in the importance of asking the question why. When things happen, whether good, bad, confusing, or a guy walks up to you while you're writing a sermon, it's good to ask the question, why? And let me encourage you, if you ask God why, it's not an act of little faith. Asking why is the proper response to acknowledging God's work in your life. A lot of times when we find ourselves in situations, we try and come up with a reason of being there on our own, and you're just lost. But you'd be surprised what happens when you ask God, God, why am I here? Why am I in this store? Why am I at this job? Why am I I sending my kids to this school? All of these things. We can ask God these questions. It's not an act of little faith. So remain curious about what God's doing. And it might not be a burning bush. It might not be as obvious as a burning bush. That being said, if you see a burning bush and no one is around, you should probably do something. Just a little, I I would hope that your response to a burning bush is to do a little bit of investigating there. But have you ever been with a child who constantly asks the question, why? (laughs) 
me and my friend Jacob, when we were when I was at the school, uh, we would do this to people all the time. We'd be like, "Hey, you want to go to Riley's and get half price wings?" And which usually the answer is yes, right? They're like, "No, I can't." Why? Oh, I have to do schoolwork. Why? Uh, it's due tomorrow. Why? <laughs> We would do it all the time, and people would get so angry, and then they would never come to Riley's with us anymore. But it was still, it was a fun way of messing with people. But an article from Children's National says that parents of young children recognize this is one of the most common words in their household. It's a good thing when children are curious about the world and want to understand why things are the way they are. However, it can be very exhausting for parents to, to feel the hundreds of why questions they get in a day. The development typically starts around age two or three, continues to ages four or five. Asking why is a sign of curiosity and wanting to understand the world around them, which can seem big and daunting for a toddler. Understanding can help increase security and confidence. So the why questions are important. And this is very common for toddlers. All day it's, why did he do that? Why did she say this? Why, why, why? But asking that question is a huge part of our development as spiritual beings. So ask God, why are you in certain situations? And he might not always give you a direct answer. And sometimes he'll give you an answer through the result of the situation you're in. Asking why brings spiritual growth. And again, it, it is not an act of little faith. And God saw that Moses took steps to go over and look and then called to him. He saw the burning bush and he said, why? And so he went over and he's like, what is going on? Why is this bush not burning up? And so then God spoke to him. So when you take steps, whether it be out of curiosity or out of a calling in your life, God will speak to you. A little, a little recently, like a few weeks ago, I was doing a bit of a study through Jeremiah 18. It's for one of my assignments. But the beautiful thing about Bible college is sometimes you do an assignment and it's like, wow, God's like showing me something here. And now I get to use it for this. Super cool. Um, but God instructs Jeremiah to go to the potter's house. So Jeremiah knows what a potter does, but he still instructed him to go to the potter's house. God didn't need to make him go. But it was a step that Jeremiah took to discover what God wanted to say. So when Moses took steps towards the bush, God said, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Moses recognized that because of God's request of taking off his sandals and the fact that he just gave a, like basically just said his family tree, he was truly in the presence of God. And so he was humbled and he hid his face. So my question is, what is your response to holy ground? And do you realize that this is holy ground? We experience the presence of the living God everywhere we go. And there's something so powerful about coming together and like having this. And this is, like I said, like this is, this is important. This is community. This is, this is necessary. But holy ground isn't just here. And holy ground is where you go with God because God is everywhere. God is in you. God is walking beside you. And sometimes I think we forget that 
This is holy ground. And Moses' response was to hide his face. Now, that being said, yes, there was a burning bush in front of him. But still, it's the same God. So I'm not asking you all to take your shoes off. That would smell. Actually, last year, little side note, we were at Momentum for the junior high conference, and I was there uh, with masters volunteering. And I was on the games team. One of the games that they did, they had all the junior highs take off their shoes, which you're already like, bad idea, horrible. They had them throw their shoes to the front. It gets worse. They, they had to hide a student under all of the shoes. And then after, people couldn't find their shoes. Surprise. Like, come on. Oh, man. It smelled so bad, but it was really, really funny. Um, so I'm not asking you to take your shoes off because it would smell, but do we truly realize that in the room is the presence of the living God? Do we strive to access the presence of God in all areas of our life, wherever we are? And are we willing to sacrifice our comfort to be immersed in the presence of God? I'm sure when, when God's like, hey, can you take your sandals off? Well, he didn't say it that nicely. He said, take your sandals off. This is holy ground. I'm sure Moses is like, fine. And he takes his shoes off. Like, you're not going to want to take your sandals off when you're with a bunch of sheep. I mean, you could step in almost anything. Like, this is not like, it's not carpeted. This is outside. There's a burning bush. Like, why? You wouldn't take, how many here take their shoes off at a campfire? (laughs) Why are all the hands on this half of the room? Oh, there's, okay, Brian's hand is up too. Okay, maybe you should just move over. No, I'm kidding. Um, But are we willing to sacrifice our comfort? Moses did. Are you willing to sacrifice your comfort on Sunday mornings? And I feel like as I say that, there is definitely some people in the room that are thinking like, oh, does that mean I have to go and serve somewhere? Yeah, it actually does. Maybe that looks like serving in kids ministry. Oh, so you're saying that God wants me to serve in kids ministry? Yes. And I want to say real quick, I am a result of what is happening up there. I was up there and it was the leaders. And it's crazy because I can remember the lessons. I can remember the crafts. I can remember the games. And it was those volunteers that helped me upstairs, just up the hall, that got me to where I am today. And I wouldn't change it for anything. So if you're wondering, should I serve on kids ministry? The answer is yes. So if you're willing to sacrifice your comfort for God and you take that step towards him, just like he did with Moses, he will continue to speak to you. It says, when you acknowledge acknowledge the presence of God in your life, how do you respond? Our response to the manifestation of God in our lives should be to step in to deeper, sorry, stepping in deeper into his presence, stepping up to stand for the truth of God's word, stepping out to share the love of Jesus, and stepping on to the shoulders of each other to collectively see the will of God in our world today. Your children and your students see your faith, and you have more influence on them than any amount of youth pastors or youth leaders or kids pastors or kids leaders. So how you react to those burning bush circumstances will influence how your students understand the presence of God. And students, when your parents say they don't know or they're asking God why, Be encouraged by that. 
because although they know a lot and they you should listen to them because they're very wise they don't always have it all figured out so when your parents can be real and say like i don't know i have to think about that or i'm praying about it be encouraged by that and even do the same pray with them be encouraged It's amazing what happens when we can be honest with God and say, God, I, I really don't understand this. I'm sure Moses was very, it says Moses was confused at the burning bush. So he went to investigate it. He went to see what it was and God spoke. What, are you, what, what is it in your life that maybe, maybe you have something that comes to mind and maybe not, but what are you investigating? Where are you finding yourself surrounded? Who are you surrounded by? This past week, uh, the last couple weeks, I've been trying to get back into hockey, and I haven't played since I was, I don't know, probably grade 8 or grade 9, something like that. And uh, it's been interesting. I played with uh, a bunch of pastors last Monday, and then on Thursday, I played with a pickup league, which was not a bunch of pastors. It was a very different feel it like different vibe and you know it was interesting because afterwards i go to the i go back to the house i take a shower and i like clean myself off and i'm thinking like man something about stratford feels different from before i was at bible college before i left for bible college i was kind of figuring things out and i was really focused on getting to peterborough buying my books paying my tuition and like that was like i need to go there but now that it's like, man, I'm like here, like I work here. I take online courses here. Like this is my space now. My mindset has changed. So when I went to that pickup league, which was kind of rough, but it was good because I noticed that like, man, I have a passion for these people that I never had before. I was not comfortable telling people about like Jesus, or even the fact that I was like, you know, I serve on a worship team. Like, to a lot of people, that can be uncomfortable because we think, well, if they're not Christians, they'll just be so confused. Like, what even is that? But now I'm like, man. And it was because now I've, I've got my focus on Stratford and I'm surrounded by people that I can influence. And I took that step to go to some random hockey game on a Thursday night that was way too late. And I'm still a little sore, but it's okay. But when you surround yourself in those situations and you let God speak to you, he will use you for things that like will blow you away. I'm just going to ask for the prayer team to come up and Trent to play some keys as well. That'd be great. Um, but I, I, I'm going to continue on. I, I purposely kind of split my scripture into two parts. Uh, and I left it because I think that there's people in the room who have been kind of struggling it says, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. This is, after, this is God speaking to Moses as he's been humbled, covering his face. I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians. And to bring them up out of the land into the good and spacious land. A land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. This is, this story here, this section part, this, sorry, second part of the section is not just about Moses anymore. Recognize that this in Exodus 3 is gospel. 
This is a direct reputation, sorry, direct reflection. It's a, it's a parallel to the gospel of Jesus. And it's the Old Testament example of the Great Commission being given to Moses. I challenge you, bring people to that good and spacious land with the peace that comes with salvation. So maybe you're in that, in the room right now and you're thinking like, yeah, like, I'm Moses. Like, I'm like, I'm pressing into what God wants to say and I'm trying to find those burning bushes and I'm trying to like hear from God. This is what God wants you to say. Go and tell them about what I'm doing because I'm concerned with them. God is concerned with our well-being. And so maybe you're in the room and you're thinking you're more relating to the Egyptians and you're like, or the people stuck in Egypt and you're thinking like, man, maybe it's, I haven't prayed in two months or I haven't read my Bible in almost a year or I haven't even been able to talk about my faith. I've just been ignoring it. And maybe you're here at this church for the first time and that's where you're at. Like there is no discrimination here. We want, we're, first off, we just want to say thank you for coming. You're so welcome here. This is a place where you can belong. But recognize that there is people that care for you And God says in Exodus, and it's the same as what Jesus says in the gospel, that he is concerned for those people. He sees your struggle. He sees your heart. He sees the pain that you're going through. So real quick, I'm just going to ask, if you're willing, to just stand with me. And what we're going to do, we already did this in worship earlier, but I feel like this is a good step. We're just going to close our eyes. And I've done this with the students before. You're going to close your eyes and just raise both of your hands up over your head as high as you can. We mentioned earlier how this is a sign of us reaching up to our Heavenly Father. Another example that I've heard that I I typically use to try and explain it is when police say, put up your hands, the reason for it is because now you're vulnerable. Your stance is, I'm vulnerable and nothing else matters except for Jesus. Nothing else matters except for my connection with God. So as we're in this situation, the eyes are closed and our hands are raised. Maybe you're here and your hands are raised to say, God, use me to tell people about the gospel. Use me to go to those places that are the Egypt of our modern time. Maybe that's your workplace. Maybe that's a high school. Maybe that's a community center. Maybe that's a hockey game or a cafe. You're thinking, God, use me. Use me for this commission that you've given to to Moses and that Jesus gave to us in, in the New Testament. God, use me. That's you. I encourage you, keep raising your hands, keep praising God. And maybe you're here and you're thinking, man, like, I just need someone to talk to me. Or you're like, man, I just haven't really had that connection with Jesus in a long, long time, and it hurts my heart. If that's you, we're here to pray for you. This is why the prayer team is at the front. This is why on our website in the church news, I said there's a prayer needs and connect button. We have those resources for situations like this. We want to help you. We want to walk with you. So with your hands still raised in the air, I'm going to just ask, open your eyes and look around this room. This is your family. This is your Moses's of telling people of the gospel. 
If you feel you've got no one to talk to, you've got a whole room of us right here. And I encourage you, if somebody comes to talk to you, whether it's after this sermon or, or even into this, this week or next week or months from now, if someone comes to talk to you, keep it between you, that person, and God and pray with them. It doesn't need to go where, where it's out of that circle. It's not concerned with anybody else, but be open to those conversations. Please see that this, this is the church. And this is what Moses wants. This is what God wants Moses to, to cultivate in Egypt, is this culture of support. So I'm just going to pray, and we have the prayer team at the front. And if that's you, whether you have any needs at all, maybe it's I haven't talked to God in a while, or, or I'm losing that relationship. I feel, like it's, I feel like God's not there. He is there. We have a prayer team here so that we can connect with you, we can pray with you. So even now, if you feel led to come up to the front, you can do that. We have these people here for you. This is for you. And if you're here and you're thinking, I need, someone, I need to be used like Moses was, this is your chance. You see those people around you? If there's someone, maybe they're in asking you to pray for them, be bold. I'm going to ask, be bold. Reach out and do something you've never done before and pray. Let's pray together. Dear God, thank you so much for what you're doing in this room. God, I thank you for this Bethel family, a family that has impacted my life and so many others in great ways. I can't even begin to try and put it on a scale, God. You have worked through these people. God, I pray that you would continue to just inspire them. God, light their hearts on fire. God, I pray that people would be open to hearing from you, and that they would realize that where they go is their holy ground. That they would realize that as they step closer to you, you will instruct. And sometimes that will mean we have to get uncomfortable. God, I just pray that we would have open hearts for each other. And Lord, for those in the room that have felt distant from you, God, would they know that you have never left? You've been right with them walking this whole time. Even though they might have found themselves in some really dark spaces, God, you were there. And not to, not to come down on them and to, and to condemn them, but to say, this is my child who I am concerned with. This is the person who I love. This is my child. God, I just pray that you would just speak to each of these people in this room. And you would just do a new thing. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to have the prayer team at the front for a little while longer. So if you feel that need for prayer, come on up. It's, it's here for you. But thank you guys so much for coming to service. Uh, and if you're watching online, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, yeah, just thank you guys so much and have a great week. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast that's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.